Keep coming. Keep moving. Keep moving. Amen. All right. Isn't God good, folks? Do you feel the presence of the Lord in this children's service? God moves in kids' services. Yes, he does. He's the same today and forever, right? He never changes. Amen. Amen. Y'all can be, oh, well, y'all can stand, actually. Sister Erica, you have a scripture to read. I do. Amen. It is found in Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. While you're looking, next time we have a kid's service, we're going to do some sword drills as a game. I, I like to think I'm kind of like the champ around here, but I don't know. I may be pastor, so I mean, we have to find that out. Uh, who's the fastest Bible sword person? Driller. Driller. I don't know. I don't know. It could be Brother Neil. Who knows? Maybe Brother Bruce. I don't know. Who knows? It might be Sammy. All right. Amen. Sister Erica, Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when he, she saw him, he was a goodly child. She hid him three months. I'll pause right there. I don't know how you hide a baby for three months. Has anyone ever been successful with that? <laughs> no one? Okay, good. All right. Jochebed had it under control. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. Nine. Verse nine, okay. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me and I will give thee thy wages and the woman took the child and nursed it. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you do the four steps of worship? Would you raise your hands, tilt your head back towards the heaven, close your eyes, and with your player outside voice, begin to pray out loud for this, for this message. God, we are so thankful today that you brought this APC family together. These parents, these adults, these children. We pray, God, Lord, you would move in a mighty way in this object lesson today. God, when we talk about how we are worth, how much worth we are to you. And I pray, God, Lord, you would bless it. You would anoint it, and God, you would move in this church from front to back, from side to side. Move on the hearts of everyone here today, and we love you for it, Lord. And all of APC said, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, I have a question. Does anyone know where money came from? Trees? That's my actually, okay, of course Sammy would say that. Yeah. I did not prepare for you today, Sam. 
I did not sit at my computer and say, okay, Sammy might actually answer this question. <laughs> so I've actually seen this before, and I don't know which of my family members have this, but back in the day on February 3rd of 1860, the U.S. government printed money on what's called a money note. And it was just a piece of paper, okay, almost the size of your birth certificate, right? And it would say how much they were paying you. And that was money. It was almost like a check, right? Look, see, look at that. You want to come here and preach this? Y'all are awesome. See, that's the preteens, folks, preteens. Yeah. All right? And over time, it involved in, it evolved into coins, right? Our nickels, our quarters, our pennies, copper, nickel. And finally, they made paper money. So I have a $5 bill here. And who would like to have this $5 bill? Who wants it? I mean, who really wants it? I mean, who wants it? I mean, if you really want it, you'd come get it. Okay, Avonlea. I got Avonlea. I got Avonlea. She's first. Okay. Avonlea. Y'all can sit down. I'm sorry. Maybe I should have. Oh, high five. Okay, Avonlea. High five. Okay, I'm going to use Avonlea. I have y'all sit down at the altar. Y'all are so cute. I can't wait to have y'all in kids' power hour. So I have $5 here. Do you think it's real? Does it look real? Go ahead. Take it. Hold it. Look at it. You want to smell it? That's funny. It smells like paper? That's good. It's been in my Bible. So um, I have $5. Do you want this $5? Do you want it? It'll be yours today. I will give this to you. All right. Hold on. All right. Hold on. Where'd it go? All right. Do you still want this $5? Are you sure? It's kind of ugly now. <laughs> Lincoln's face is really wrinkled. He's got one going across here. You really want this? Okay, hold on. I'm kidding. All right. Do you really want it now? You, are you sure? You want this $5? Hold on. Hold on. Let me. Okay. They should really preach this message. You really want this $5? Why? Why do you want this $5? Let me answer this for you. Because it never lost its value. Whether it was crumbled up, whether it was in Brother Aaron's armpit, all right, whether I would have hawked a loogie on it, I probably shouldn't have said that out loud, I just realized that. It's still worth $5, amen, all right? The only way this thing loses value, if I was to destroy this $5. Did she make a face? This worked perfect. Give her a hand, she has got $5. Did you know that God values you? You're worth something. I have here one of the oldest $1 bills ever made. Okay? And I'm thankful that I found this today. It was in my safe. And it was in a folder that I didn't know that I even had, right? I was panicking today. I was like, my dad gave this to me when I was a kid and told me not to lose it. And thankfully, I did not lose it. But praise God. Okay, I can't wait to tell him today when I call him. Dad, I found that dollar bill. This thing is old, Okay? I don't know how old he wrote my name on it when I was a kid. Somehow you're supposed to be able to look this up and trace it back, but it is, it's, it's, it's old. I, I forget how old he says it is. But this $1 bill, guess what? It's still worth $1, okay? It's not any more worth than what hers is. Now, when they no longer make paper money, 
this thing might actually gain value, right? But what else has value? I've got something up here that has some value. Look at this. Would y'all ever like to see me play this? There was a very hesitant yes. So I won't, not today. This is my guitar. I have three guitars. I do play, but not this one very much because you can tell it's kind of dusty. I do play this, hey, ladies, up here, okay? I play this guitar sometimes. Strings are a little bit loose. Need to, need to get it in tune, Brother Phil. But this is the only guitar that is like this in the entire world. And it's standing right here before you. There is not another guitar like this. It's mine. There is no other guitar in the entire world ever made that is like this one. It's one of a kind. It's rare. I actually have the letter of authenticity to it. This, you're looking at a rare guitar right here. It has, why does it mean so much to me? Let me tell you something about this guitar. This guitar belonged to my grandpa Rose. He got it when he was doing ministry, Pastor. And he used this in every church that he started. He used it, right, Sister Rose, Grandma Rose? He used this as ministry. He used this at Bible studies. He would play music. He would jam out to the Lord, right, in church. He got a letter one day. Sister Eric, would you mind putting this up? He got a letter one day that said this right here. Let me open this up. Of course, Grandpa Rose had to write on the envelope, right? I did not do that. So if any of you are praisers in here, just keep it to yourself. Amen. All right, he said, Mr. Bob Rose, Staten Music from Cahota, Cahoka, Illinois. Do you even know where that's even at? Cahokia. We have a Cahokia, Illinois. Down near St. Louis. Down near St. Louis. That's probably why. Okay, dear Bob, I had an occasion to see your model 2267 Electra guitar. This was actually typed on a typewriter, okay, folks? Amen. It's not common to come upon an instant collector's item. This is the only instrument of its kind in the world that I know of. Because of a fault in the inlay process, you have a very unique instrument. Even though this is a new model Electra, it looks like it will be with us for many years to come because of the national acceptance. I do hope that if you, ever, if you do ever get ready to sell it, we know where so we can keep track of it because we are going to be much interested in its history. And it has a great apostolic history. I'm sure that you will be most happy if not only owning one of the original 2267 Electras, but probably the most unique of all. Again, congratulations. Best regards, Don Mitchell. They misspelled the name Electra. And it is the only guitar ever to be printed, made, and sold with the misspelling of its name. I told this to my 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 grandpa back in Arkansas. I, I took this home to him one time and I showed this to him and he was so he was so excited about this he, he, he loves mandolins banjos listen it, when I say redneck that man is the epitome of being a redneck okay right he plays all kind the big old huge bass guitar looking thing whatever that is someone shout it out to me a what a standard bass standing bass why did I couldn't think of that wow that just shows I'm not bluegrass material. Oh, boy. And so, right, so he, he could play all that. And when I gave it to him, he goes, oh, Aaron, this is beautiful. He goes, this could be worth 
hundreds of thousands of dollars. I was like, yeah, but I'll never sell it. And there was other family members sitting there, and they're like, you could be rich. I was like, yeah, but I'll never sell it. And I had an aunt that said, she goes, you realize you will have more money than you'll ever make by selling that guitar. I said, yeah, but you understand, that was in grandpa's hands. That guitar started revivals. That guitar planted churches. It has an apostolic history that it will always have. It's priceless. There's not one monetary value. That's the kind of value that it has to me. Amen. Let's see what else I got up here. I've got a basketball. My helper left me. I don't know where she went. I've got a basketball up here. This is the basketball from the community center. Sorry, Pastor, I had to steal it for a minute. It turns out I didn't have a basketball at my house. All right. So, you did good, Layla. You got the most aired up one. Thank you. This is my favorite one to play with out there, actually, because it goes whoosh in the thing every time. A basketball. I could have gone to Walmart, and praise God I didn't because I got this one for free. But it probably would have cost me, I don't know, 15 bucks? You think probably $15? And in Brother Aaron's hands, hey, hold that basketball goal. I promise I won't hit you in the face. Let's walk with some urgency. All right, here we go. Here we go. Oh! Here, toss it to me. Toss it to me. Oh, come on, come on, toss it to me. All right, one more time. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Brother Bradley would be so disappointed if I missed this one. Hey! All right. We, thank you. You looked really nervous there. Made that shot, right? I tried out for basketball when I was in high school, middle school. Didn't make it. Thank God, Brother Aaron, because I was not an athlete, right? I look like just a... I mean, it was horrible. I was an embarrassment to my family, right? And thankfully, Coach Husband was like, listen, son, just go back home, okay? Right? And thankfully, I could walk home from the high school, so I wasn't such an embarrassment. But this basketball, a basketball is probably $15, right? And in Brother Aaron's hands, it's probably not worth $15, right? But you put this basketball, okay, in the hands of Michael Jordan, and it's worth $90 million. Is that not crazy? You put it in Mila's hands, it's like Brother Aaron, it's probably worth about two pennies, right? But you put this in Michael Jordan's hands, and it's worth $90 million. Where's my football? You're failing me. It's okay. I got this football here. Here we go. Sam, go out for a pass. Here we go. Go. Go deep. Here we go. Look over your shoulder. Look over your shoulder. Here it goes. Hey! Don't kill me. Ooh! Woo! Hey, man, gotta have fun in kids' church. All right. Now, this little bitty Colts football I got for Elliot when I went to the Colts practice. A few years ago before he was born, Sister Eric was pregnant, and I took her to an NFL training camp. Pray for me, okay? I was cruel to my wife. Well, we got this for probably $8 for Elliot to play with. He's never played with it. My dog's played with it more, and me and Sam have thrown that thing more than it's ever been thrown. All right? It's probably worth $8. But it's got a cold in my on it, right? You ready for this, Brother Aaron? You put this in Peyton Manning's hands of the Indianapolis Colts. All right? And it's worth $170 million. Man, it's worth a lot of money. That's why I still got it. I need to get me one of those signed footballs. Then you got, oh, looky here, Brielle. We got a baseball bat. Well, it's softball, right? 
Praise God, Brother Aaron didn't really play softball or baseball in high school. I tried out. I had one of a major league baseball pitcher was our coach in, in Arkansas, right? And he, he convinced me one time during track practice to come out and try out. And he was like, you know what, can you pitch? And I was like, I have no idea. I don't think I even throw a football, uh, baseball. I was like, I probably look like Smalls off of uh, that documentary. And um, you're killing me, Smalls. Y'all like that one, that's right. I threw my arm out at tryouts. Y'all know something else? My parents told me not to try out. Anyway, and uh, so I had to walk home with a bum arm. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had these bats probably since, oh, after the Army. So that was probably since, uh, oh, 2006. I've had these for a long, long, long time, right? These have never hit a home run. <laughs> uh, I have hit many pitchers with these because I have let go. I have hit many foul tips where one has hit me in the head. And I have struck out many, many times. And this, this, this is probably a couple hundred dollars 10 years ago. I have no idea what they sell for now. This little two-piece bat, I don't even know what that one even is. It's an Easton, I think, right? I don't even know. Yeah, see, y'all know. I don't even know, right? I probably bought it for 100 bucks. In my hands, it's probably worth zero dollars, all right? But you put that bat in the hands of one of the greatest catchers in Major League Baseball history, Yadier Molina, and that thing is worth $51 million, all right, I got some golf clubs here. Oh, let's get some golf clubs. We got to do this. Oh, man. Now, now, Sister Nave, I was trying to do some chipping last night, and I got to admit to you, I, uh, I almost put a hole in the wall. And, uh, but praise God I didn't, okay, because I'm just that good enough a player. All right? Who thinks I can hit one of those bags over there with this ball? You think I can do it? You think I can do it? Let's see if I can do it. Eric, are you going to catch this ball? Because I'm probably going to miss. All right, let's do a little practice, a little practice stroke. We didn't do no putting last night because this is supposed to look good, okay? Because this is, this is Brother Aaron up here. Y'all need, need to put this on social media. This is going to go viral. Here we go. Here we go. It's got to hit a bag. It's got to hit a bag. It's got to hit a bag. You never leave a birdie short. All right, that would have been a two-putt. We're going to call that a gimme. Ain't that right, Brother Allen? All right, so we're going to call that a gimme. That was a, that was, that was a par putt, right? You put that putter... Listen, these set of golf clubs are not even worth what Sister Erica let me pay for them in my hands. I paid way too much for these clubs, okay? We're not even going to say how much I paid for them, okay? But you put golf clubs in the hands of Tiger Woods, and they are worth $1.7 billion. They are worth a lot of money. I've got a race car helmet. Now... I bought this. What in the world? Did my child put that in there? Probably. All right. I've got a race car helmet that I have had since I was 14. I will try to put it on, but my head has gotten much fatter, okay? It's not going to fit, Layla, <laughs> okay? My head, my face will turn so red, and I'll have a massive headache. I won't be able to golf today. All right, so there's a story behind this helmet, and this is where I got my sermon idea for today. This has got a lot of history behind it. It's got my name on it. I bought it at Walmart for $49.95. I was so proud, Erica. I bought me a race car helmet, Pastor. I was gonna be a race car driver. A lot of y'all know I was adopted when I was a kid. My family owns a racetrack. They raced in NASCAR before I was born. And so they moved to Arkansas for one reason, I don't know, but they moved from California to Arkansas and built a track. And uh, they, they have all these NASCAR people and they have this racetrack out there. And so growing up, I wanted to be a race car driver, okay, Kyler? 
I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be cool like Dale Earnhardt, right? Turns out I never was cool like Dale Earnhardt. But I got me a helmet because I was going to get my first race car, Avonlea. And I did pretty good. I raced uh, go-karts. I was, I was pretty good at that, right? 60-mile-an-hour go-karts, 80-mile-an-hour go-karts at uh, 8 years old. I was uh, pretty dangerous on go-karts. Praise the Lord. Thankfully, my mom never came to a race and saw that. Amen. And I graduated three-wheelers where I flipped a lot of three-wheelers. We won't tell my parents about that one. Where I got a free sponsorship to race four-wheelers. Listen, someone, Sammy, came up to me one day and was like, we're going to give you a four-wheeler for the rest of your life if you'll race this. I was like, well, let me go get my helmet. So I went and got my helmet. And I raced four-wheelers, Layla, for, for three years. Let me tell you something. I never lost a race. I thought I was something. Okay, Easton? I was, I was the champ. Okay, I had hardware in the house. I had ribbons and trophies. I never lost a race. Then Uncle Trent said, you know what? He goes, how about we give you a race car? And I looked and looked and looked for this picture, APC. And I will post it to Facebook once I find it. And there's a picture of me sitting in my race car. It's white. It's got the number four on it. And it's a it's really cool looking number. It's got a bunch of, I don't know, a bunch of crazy colors in it. And uh, it, was the, it, was, it was the number four car. And it was an IMCA. It was a modified car. About a $60,000 car. But in Brother Aaron driving it, <laughs> let's just say it's not worth $60,000. And I had this helmet, and, and, it, and this helmet was black. And then when I got that car, my Uncle Trent went and got this uh, hand-painted by a guy who paints race cars. He got my name on it. I even had a fire suit. I looked for that this morning. I can't find it. It's probably with the picture. It's put up somewhere, and I can't find it. But when I find it, I'll, I'll bring it to you, and I'll show it to you guys. It's green and yellow. It's the mellow yellow colors, because I love mellow yellow. Okay, why they didn't make this mellow yellow, I have no idea. But... I even got the race car shoes. I got the name on the back of the jacket, right? I mean, I, I, I am a race car driver. Well, my second year racing this car, I was getting pretty good, Sister Layla. Okay, my Uncle Trent put a bigger motor in there, 355 small block. <laughs> right? This thing was fast, okay? Now, it was an automatic because Uncle Trent didn't trust me driving a stick because he saw me drive many sticks, and I had burned many clutches out, all right? So I'm sorry. I'm just not that good of a race car driver. Okay, no one laughed. I thought that was a joke. Okay, so I was, in, I was in the race car one night, and I was driving. Listen, I was in third place, okay? I was in third place, Avonlea, all right? And I was getting ready to pass the second place guy. And these cars drive at about 80 mile an hour. And I threw into this, I threw in this turn. I went super down low around the curve, and I threw it sideways, and I'm probably about driving about 60 mile an hour. The guy behind me trying to pass me, Something went wrong. Either his, I can't remember what happened. Either his steering went out or his brakes went out, but he drove straight into me, straight into the door. He broke, he hit me so hard, he broke the roll bar that was welded to the nut that holded, that held my seatbelt. I would tighten my seatbelt down so much I couldn't move, right? I went forward and broke the visor on my helmet. I hit the steering wheel. I was so mad, Sister Megan, I wanted to get out and punch that guy for crashing my race car but I what I didn't know was that I broke my helmet my uncle Trent came up and he was like hey are you okay I was like I'm fine let's just go I was I was so angry I wanted to finish the race why what I didn't know was my car was almost bent in half so they pulled me out of the race car and I realized that my car was just ruined it was damaged and I about this time I was about 17 years old I had I had just gotten the Holy Ghost amen I had just gotten the Holy Ghost. I was a brand new convert. And 
it was, it was the, it was that Monday, right? It was that Monday, and it was during the summer. So I worked with my uncle Trent. We built billboards, and it was just me and him that day in his truck. And then he does not go to church. He believes in God, he says, but he is not apostolic. And I was talking to him about the accident. I was trying to ask him, you know, what I could have done different. He said, "Listen." He goes, "That's not." He said, "That's not what we need to talk about." He goes, "This whole God thing that you're into." He goes, "I've had that same accident." He goes, I broke four ribs. He goes, I got sent to the hospital. I was in the hospital for two or three days. He goes, I have seen other people make that same mistake that the guy behind you made, and they had been in the hospital for days. I've seen people hurt. They have to go to the hospital with the ambulance. He goes, but this whole God thing that you're into, he must really value you because you walked out of there with just a broken visor. He goes, God values your life. This is coming from a non-Christian person telling me that I have value and because of that him and my grandpa decided listen you're going to be the flagman from now on which is the coolest job in the world right I got to be in the flag stand because I was safe in the flag stand Uncle Trent and grandpa taught me a lesson they valued me so much Grace they put me in the flag stand because they did not want me to get hurt parents you want to make sure that your children are the most valuable thing on this planet. They are the most valuable thing on this planet Earth. When you put them in a go-kart, why do you put a helmet on them? Why do you put a helmet on when you go on your bicycle, right? Why? Can anyone give me that? Yes. You can hit the ground, right? For protection, right? So, Let's make sure, parents, kids, let's make sure that every day, we're not only putting on these helmets, right, to protect us, because we value what's in our noggins, right? But spiritually, let's put on the whole armor of God, right? Because God values us. He gave us the whole armor of God because we're worth it. Back to our scripture, Jochebed saw value in Moses. You say, wait a second, Brother Aaron. She put him in a basket, all right, that had some slime in it, and she put this baby in a river where there are alligators and there's hippos in this river. This baby could have been one little ripple in the river and that baby could have fell over into the river and drowned. She said, how did she value Moses' life? It's because she knew that Yahweh, God, could protect Moses. Not Moses. And, see, and, then, and then Moses was found by Pharaoh's daughter and her handmaids are with her. Sounds just like the world, right? All these little girl squad and boy squads going down to the Brink River and finding an apostolic, born-again Christian. Saying, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll take you, we'll, we'll take you. But then Miriam said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sister Jessica Melder, it takes a Hebrew to raise a Hebrew. The world cannot raise you guys. Only we as apostolics can raise apostolic children. Are you thankful for that? Miriam understood that. Jochebed saw value in Moses because what did he do? He ended up saving his family as a baby. And he delivered. I had this saving. If you can save a child, you can win a family. Well, Moses did one-up me. He not only did he was saved as a child, not only did he win a family, but he delivered a generation. He delivered a nation. Because Egypt was the world, and Hebrew were the children. Let's see what else I got up here. I got... Let's see what else I got up here. I got a staff. I got a staff. Now, this is not the real staff, right? 
this would be really cool to have Moses' staff. Oh, I wish I could have Moses' staff up here. But anyone ever had a walking stick, a staff? Anyone when you're going camping? Nobody? You, Grace? Yeah? You know, I had one when we were, we were raising goats and cattle because I had this really, really angry mama cow. Listen, she was mean. She was a bully. We had an electric fence, and she would pin me up against this fence, and I'd get shocked. It hurt. I'd pop her right in the nose. Well, I got smart one day, Braylon, and I got me a stick, right? I had a maple tree out there, and I cut the branch off. I didn't tell my papa because I wasn't supposed to, right? And I cut all the little limbs off, and every time she'd come up around, whop, well, I'd pop her right in the shin, and she'd hop back and look at me like, boy, and she had those horns. Oh, listen, there's one day she got me. She stuck me, too, and I, well, I'd grabbed that ear, and I started cranking on that ear. Listen, I wasn't no bigger than Keegan Cheese out there trying to, out there trying to herd some cattle, right? I'm out there trying to herd cattle, but I had this staff. Now, when I had this staff, those cows, and that one bull that had the nose, that had the, he had a nose, uh, 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 a ring in his nose, a couple times I had to grab that ring, and boy, I'm going to tell you, he'll listen to you. But I got this staff, and those cows never got close to me, Avonlea. They knew if we get close to Brother Aaron, he's going to get me. And there was one day a fox tried to get one of our baby goats. And there was a rooster out there that did not like me. But that day, me and the rooster, we was on the same team. We attacked this fox. And I was like, hey, 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 hey. Well, I was beating that fox, and that fox got so mad, he tried to grab my staff, and I put it right in his mouth, and he bit it, and I was like, bing. <laughs> I ain't ever seen a fox fly like that. He had a death grip on that staff. But see, you put a staff in Brother Aaron's hands, and I can throw a fox. <laughs> I can smack a female cow, right? But you put this in the hands of Moses, and he can part the Red Sea, right? I got a slingshot. Oh, y'all pray for Brother Aaron. <laughs> uh, are you sure you don't know me? Could you imagine? This now becomes a child's toy. I'll point it this way, right? Weapon safety, okay? Could you imagine having a slingshot as a kid? I had one, Pastor. And there was one time I hit the back door, brother, of our storm door. I hit the, it was one of those frosted glasses windows and because we had a mobile home and I was trying to shoot this, this bird that had been messing around on the back porch. We'll just say it that way because I don't know how to say it good enough. And I was trying to pop him and I missed and I hit the step three feet away. It bounced, hit the window and about broke the window. And my father walked out of the house. I disappeared in that garden so quick. I was trying to act like he couldn't even see me. I was just backing up into those tomato plants. Oh, Lord, let him not see me. But this thing in Brother Aaron's hands just becomes a child's toy, play toy. But in the hands of King David, he can slay giants. There's value when it's in the right hands. And then I got some nails. Now, you put some nails in Brother Aaron's hands, I've actually got a little bit of value, something I'm actually good at. The house that I grew up in, I actually built that house when I was 16 years old. I can build a house. You probably get these Dakota Bradbury, he could probably build you a house. He built that cross right there, right? He can build some stuff, right? But that's about all I can do. I can't tell you if that house is gonna be square. <laughs> I can't, I can't probably get any build you a birdhouse. But you know what? You put a set of nails in the hands of Jesus and you get eternal salvation aren't you thankful for that 
As I close, if y'all would all stand. The world and every major event in the Bible has attacked God's children. Not worldly children, Hebrew children, godly children. They're attacking our children right now. They're teaching y'all crazy stuff in the schools. So parent, don't be surprised when your kid doesn't turn out to be the next Taylor Swift or LeBron James. Because I have found out myself, there is a 0.00926 per chance they'll ever become famous. But there's a 100% chance they'll stand before Jesus. He values them. A story comes to my mind when Darius brought him to the house and he told the child to rise. That little bitty 12-year-old girl had been dead and he told her to rise. There's another story where the disciples had brought him a kid and he took that kid and he put him in the midst of a savior. That kid sat in Jesus' hands. Now, I'm not saying all this stuff is bad up here. In fact, I love playing all these sports. I'm not even good at them, right? But they're fun to play. But what are we gonna do when you wanna know how much you're worth? When you're down on yourself and you're like, man, Mercury, I just, I don't know. I just don't know if Jesus loves me. He, all you gotta do is look back at that right there. If you're ever afraid and you're wondering if you'll ever have enough, enough, enough uh, uh, courage to maybe invite someone to church, just look back at that. Because when you put some nails in Jesus' hands, you have eternal salvation. It is all the matters of whose hands it's in. So anytime you ever have any kind of issue, whether you're afraid, whether, whether you're trying to study for a math test, right? Whether you're trying to do something Bible quizzing. Everybody love Bible quizzing? Not only do we give it in their hands, but we put it in their heart, right? They put it in their own heart. You're worth everything. Because he carried a 165-pound cross to Calvary. And he stretched his arms as wide as could be. And they put nails in his hands. For he said, it is finished. And three days later, he rose. And he told him, I'm going to send you a comforter. Why? Because you're worth it. He sees value in you. Not just them. You too. You were a kid once. There's value in this whole room, this whole auditorium. You are worth it. If you ever begin to doubt yourself, just say, I've got to look at the cross because he found value in me. Would you join these kids in the altar and begin to thank God and pray for the Lord has found worth and value in us. If we all could, kids, if we could raise our hands right now. Let's close our eyes. Raise our hands. Let's lift our heads up to the up to the ceiling and let's be close our eyes no looking around and let's begin to use our playground voice and begin to thank God that he has found value adults go ahead and come us too. adults go ahead and come too. we're a church family please come to the altor You're in the name it. of Jesus you're worth it